everyone. It's Grant Asplund here. Hey, I am really excited to be here. This is my inaugural podcast. We're going to be talking cloud, everything cloud, cloud security, cloud adoption, challenges, risks, all the different uh, things that you should be considering as your work uh, workloads move into using public cloud. Uh, you know, I absolutely believe this is a trend that will prevail. I always ask my audiences when I'm out speaking, how many of you currently either have a, a, a paddle wheel in a river or have an, uh, a gas or diesel generator running 24-7, 365 to power your home? Never is that the case. Some for DR, of course, but this is just, it's so much easier to plug in. And this is the cloud. And this is what we're going to be talking about. Now, listen, I don't know everything, but I know where to find people that do. So while I'm not a know-it-all, we're going to get know-it-alls on the program. And we're going to have folks that come in and really have practitioner experience that can speak to the issues and challenges. And hopefully you'll find it worthwhile Time well spent, and we'll hear you back uh, again and again and again. So with that, I'm going to just jump right in and make our first introduction. So today, I thought an appropriate way to kick this podcast series off was to have an executive join that's got the perspective that we all really can benefit from learning from. So with me today, I have a very seasoned, very tenured senior security executive. He's been in the business for many, many years. Of course, a variety of roles, including most recently uh, CISO. Uh, he's a friend of mine. I'm thrilled and, and really excited to have him join us today. Uh, Mr. Patrick Benoit. Pat, thanks very much for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Grant. So for the uh, uh, just uh, uh, everyone listening uh, to give them a better appreciation of you and your background, maybe you can take a little bit of time and, and introduce yourself. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so I've been uh, in the industry longer than I like to admit to sometimes, but it, it, it started uh, back in the day uh, when I was in the military, in the Army, and uh, had to do some... Uh, technology stuff when it was just on the the, uh, the beginnings of technology in the military as far as, uh, you know, corporate kind of office uh, uh, products. Mm -hmm. uh, did some coding for years and years and years, was a developer, had a consulting firm for many years, uh, uh, working in small to mid-sized distribution, light manufacturing companies, mm -hmm. uh, worked as a, a you know, IT director, switched over to infrastructure, did you know, ITO with the company delivery executive for infrastructure and 
and uh, you know, all all in that time had the security role under my remit, and uh, uh, and then you know, most recently came over and focused more specifically on working in that uh, CISO capacity as a deputy CISO. Brilliant, great, wow, that's that's terrific, and I think that. Uh, you know, your experience in uh, development and coding, I think, is particularly of value as it seems DevOps and DevSecOps has been such an area of interest as people have moved into the cloud. So I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe digging into that, if not in this session, one in the future. But one of the things that maybe you can give some perspective on, Pat, is you know, a lot of people are moving to the cloud, right? I mean, we're, we're all, I think, uh, uh, pondering, considering, and, and seeing the value proposition of this elastic environment. But it seems there's some confusion. And, and I, I guess maybe if you could talk a little bit to that. I know we've talked about this in the past on what is it that people aren't understanding or what's causing the confusion uh, and why so many people seem to be making mistakes in the cloud? Well, part, part of the, the uh, challenge is that we've created our own uh, kind of monster, per se. Um, it, it, as much as it is confusion, it's also a lot of the, uh, the old fear, uncertainty, and doubt. We've done that to ourselves by uh, early on making the cloud mystical and then siloing out the specialty skills and everything without relating them back to, uh, you know, our, our basic IT skills and our basic IT practices. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, then, then we have, you know, the external uh, factors, the media uh, making it uh, very specialized and dramatizing uh, the difficulties and some of the breaches that have come up, um, uh, pointing at the fact that it was in the cloud. So we have a lot of of uh, standoffish or, or hesitancy with regard to moving into the cloud. The reality is, um, you know, in the end, at the highest level, the cloud is really just um, the same as your on-prem, except it's somebody else's on-prem. Yeah. So, you know, look at a, 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 a spectrum, you know, you have your own little data center where everything is locked up and you hold the keys and you own everything and provide power and move on. You move into the next level being you're in a colo, but you still run everything. And then obviously on the other extreme, you have the, the full cloud experience where they're providing the infrastructure as a service to you. Um, and so those basic kind of concepts are, are the same. And we need to make sure that as we move into the cloud, that we don't think that um, the cloud provider has assumed more responsibility than what they really have. That that's where we get into a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's the what they call the shared responsibility model, right? It's it's understanding. Um, I always bifurcate that in a very simple way. I tell my customers and, and audiences it's in and of. That's kind of the, the difference. What you're responsible for is what's in. Uh, they what uh, is, uh, they're responsible uh, of. Uh, the infrastructure, but that a lot of times it seems, Pat, that people interpret that as, I don't have to do so much now, but that's really yeah. not the case, is it? No, and in fact, I like to use kind of the analogy of, you know, when, when I'm uh, with a, 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 when kids are together and the siblings are together or nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, whatever, 
and they say you you give them a, a piece of cake and you say you guys share this, and each one of those kids knows that share to them means they're going to get a little bit more, and so <laughs> it, this is kind of a reverse analogy in that when we go to the cloud, we look up and say, oh, it's share, it's a shared responsibility model, but but the cloud provider is going to take on more of that responsibility than me, right? That's not the case at all. They actually end up taking on less responsibility um, because they're providing that that foundational infrastructure yep. and leaving everything else up to you. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think another common misnomer is that uh, the cloud isn't secure. And on the contrary, there's extensive APIs and security capabilities, but Frankly, if you're not a technical and fairly savvy individual, making appropriate use of all those capabilities can be can be somewhat daunting. Oh, absolutely, and and you're you're absolutely right that you know just fundamentally at the at the hardware, the infrastructure level and below. Now, not counting you know the 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 virtual environments because you have responsibility for that, but that hardware level and below, you can be as assured, certainly much more assured than in your own company, that everything is as patched as it can be, that they know where their assets are, that they, you know, everything is being maintained properly, that there's redundancy and, and uh, resiliency and all those kinds of things. Now, can you do that? Sure you can, but at what cost? Right, right, exactly. And, and I've uh, also many times uh, from my perspective, and I, I, I think you'll agree, when you step back and you look at these infrastructures that Amazon and Microsoft and Google are building, they, uh, I mean, there's no way you or any other organization is going to be able to build a data center that equals what they're able to, to build today. Would, would you agree with that? That's absolutely true. And, and if you look at it also from just a pure risk point of view, their risk to something going wrong in their infrastructure has, uh, you know, a multiplying effect compared to something going wrong in one of our infrastructures. Yes, we have responsibility to our customers and we have data responsibility, and all those kinds of things. But it's only if there's a it's a finite set. Um, their finite set of responsibilities and liabilities is much, much broader because of the customer base. Yep. Yep, exactly. Well, and it's it seems like um, the confusion also increases as we continue to move into what I call the software-defined-everything world, right? Uh, where the network engineer who's worked with an F5 load balancer for years uh, thinks that an ELB is the same and doesn't have to dig into and read a manual or any kind of user guide or any kind of instruction on what are the nuances, what are the differences. And I think that word nuanced is often what really can get people into big trouble in the cloud. Well, yeah, and, and we also, we have, a, a, you know, this, this uh, difficulty with understanding that even though we refresh our technology, sometimes continuously, but certainly every two to three years or so, we're refreshing our technology and we're bringing on new things and making new things, uh, new and improved uh, functionality and, and uh, infrastructure. We're not doing generally the same thing with our staff. 
So if you have staff that's been with you for, um, you know, three, four, five, 10, 15 years, there's a really good chance that even if they've kept up and done some side training and you've sent them to a conference here and there, their technology skill set is probably not nearly as fresh as the technology you're putting in place. Yep. The gap that we all know is uh, so prevalent and seemingly widening out there from a depth of understanding, uh, uh, from a from a really a protocol level, network level um, we just, it's difficult to get that kind of experience without that, uh, rigor and continued education. It's one of the things that I, I always tell my audiences, listen for the cloud. These guys are making it so easy to, you know, look, just look up CBT, uh, cloud certification uh, on Amazon or, or, uh, Microsoft or Google it. And, and you'll be amazed how much is out there for free that albeit you have to put up with, uh, a little bit of the Alexa voice and the cartoons, but it's really pretty good training. Haven't you, have you found uh benefit there? Oh, it is. And I, I mean, I use it myself. I, I use it for teams. I've used it for awareness training and various things like that. I mean, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a huge, education, continue to improve kind of advocate. I, I probably average 140 to 160, um, you know, CEUs a year or PDUs, whichever way you want to look at it. Yep. Um, just because that's, that's the way I stay, uh, stay sharp with things, but you know, we create, we create our own, um, <laughs> culture, our own uh, uh, societal problem, too, as technologists. And we've done this for decades. Um, we did it before year 2000. We did it when we switched from mainframe to mid-range to micro computer type, you know, pla- uh, enterprise-based uh, systems. And, and, and that is that every new thing that we come up with, we fail to take the time to understand or at least sell it as this has a lot to do with the way it was before. We've just made this modification. So we lose track of our, um, our of, of where we came from and we don't abstract. And as a result, we create all these new little siloed expertise areas that, that make it seem mystical. And over time, it becomes very bifurcated. And, and, and so gone are the days, for the most part, where you used to have uh, a generalist who was kind of a master of all things, not a jack of all trades, master of none, but more of a master of all trades because he understood hardware or she understood software or she, you know, yep. and network and security and everything. Yep. Now we have people that know two minutes worth of one thing. Yes. Yes. I, I, I remember really seeing this, uh, come to fore when this new phenomenon called virtualization came about. In fact, uh, this was back when I owned a software company, MediInfo, and I remember uh, my technical guy, uh, uh, Chris, he came to my office. He said, hey, take a look at this. And he, you know, rat tat tat on the keyboard. And all of a sudden, I'm looking on the screen and I'm seeing a, a, an appliance boot up, but it's in a window. And I was like, my jaw dropped. And he says, oh, yeah, it's, it's called VMware. Uh, it's VM server. This is our appliance running in virtual. And, and it seemed like that was when all of a sudden, you know, Chris, he's my IT guy, 
but he became the VM expert. And I saw that trend happen around a lot of organizations and they became the resource uh, that people went to. And as it continued to expand and uh, moved into uh, test dev and uh, they kind of elevated just by sheer fact that it was a growing uh, use within the organization, but certainly without any formal, uh, who's the director of virtualization at your organization, right? That was long, long later after virtualization hit the market. Yeah, exactly. And, and we've done that with cloud. We, we, we said cloud and we made it distinctly different from virtualization and and, and there, there obviously are a handful of things you have to pay attention to. You have to pay attention to those roles and responsibility and who owns which part of that shared responsibility. Um, you know, you have to pay attention to risk management and, uh, you know, having a security policy that's living and doesn't stagnate. You have to do compliance audits to make sure you're actually doing what you say you're going to do. But then you get into the nuances, the nuances of, you know, access management is huge in, in cloud, and there are some nuances you have to take care of. Configuration management is like the king. If you have something misconfigured, you can be pretty assured that you're going to have a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah and, I think, and then DLP. Yeah, we, DLP becomes the, 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 the overarching uh, need across everything you do in the cloud is that you make sure that you can keep track that you're not losing data. Yeah, so so true, especially when the traditional north-south kind of architecture and there's only one door in and one door out or maybe only a couple, right, the ingress-egress points. Uh, when you look at the cloud, that just goes away, right? There is none. You, you just have to look at it differently. I think the other thing that's very interesting um, is in the world of... Security, specifically, it, unlike other areas in technology, and the example I've, I've often used is, uh, you know, the video camera that was $3,000 in 1998 to do full motion or attempt to do full motion video on the Internet. Now, uh, that same capability far, far better is in my doorbell. But when you look at security, because we have this adversary, this foe on the other side that continues to try to best us, it doesn't ever seem to get to commoditize. There's always another challenge and another new way that they're going to get us and that we need to defend ourselves. And it seems, Pat, that the cloud just opens up Pandora's box for even greater uh, vectors of threat. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and that's why you'll see some shifting in some of the very mature organizations. They're shifting the idea of uh, more than just focusing on perimeter and focusing on controls and focusing on stopping and defending all the time. You're, you're getting a decidedly more offensive kind of approach, meaning that we're going to look at threat, threat intelligence. We're going to try and uh, understand from the threat point of view 
where the attacks may be coming, and then we're going to make sure that we're uh, you know handling proper security in those areas. We're going to look at behavior. We're going to look at patterns. We're you know we're not just going to wait for a specific signature that we've already identified as a uh, a vulnerability or as a as malware to come through. We're going to actually look at a pattern of of traffic and go, well, wait, why is that person uh, on that machine with this level of access doing that function right. and identify that as a potential problem? And and that's what ends up pointing us right back to some of those real fundamental things like knowing your data, knowing your assets, uh, you know, managing your, your uh, um, uh, identity and identity access by, you know, through roles and through, yep. uh, you know, just proper cleanup and hygiene. So, yep. and I think your point, uh, Pat, uh, with regards to access management, access control, Spot on, uh, especially, you know, as the perimeter is gone. And in fact, it's not right. It's just shrunk. Now that perimeter yeah. is around every little microservice and function. Uh, and since you can get to it from anywhere on any computer, including the one you carry around and call a phone, we need to now start to look at controlling who can get to that function uh, and is uh, that individual, he or she got the right access privileges to perform those given functions or or controls. Uh, I could definitely see how uh, we could keep going for quite a bit longer. One of the things I wanted to try to do is make this roughly 15 to 30 minutes. And so for the sake of keeping in that time frame, I guess what I'd like to ask as a closing question, Pat, is um, what three things would you recommend as organizations are making that shift and making that move into uh, using the cloud for their data center and, and workloads? What three things would you advocate uh, they keep an eye out for or that they make sure they prioritize as they make that move? Um, well, I think, I think number one comes back to that access. Um, whatever you do before you start moving into the cloud, Make sure that you have really tightened up, cleaned up, and matured your access management, your identity and access management, um, because it just gets kind of worse when you're in the cloud. Make sure that you have control over who can give and uh, you know permissions and access to things that you have in the cloud, especially. So that that would be one. Um, the the second is uh, really pay attention to and mature your configuration management and change management. Um, because the, one of the big problems I see a lot is that there are so many combinations of configuration within the cloud that we oftentimes just accept as default and it's gonna get us in trouble. So even if you see something and you go, somebody goes, oh, well that's defaulted that way. Make sure you have policies in place to go back and look at that and check that before you deploy something and make sure that the configuration is exactly the way it should be to, uh, you know, protect yourself. Yeah, so, you S3 know, so buckets, S3 buckets defaulting to not encrypted, for example. Perfect example. And we, we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. exactly. Uh, you know, and, and then the, the third is, um, you know, think about, who, uh, you know, what you're going to put in, in the cloud and uh, think about the, the business risk 
not just from a data loss point of view, because that we can handle, we can deal with that with security controls and other you know policies, procedures. But think about how putting that data in the cloud is going to impact your relationship with your business. Now, a company that's already a, a software as a service type business, generally you would think, hey, no big deal. They're going to be in the cloud. That's the nature of their business. But there are plenty of them out there that started on-prem, have moved to the cloud, and they have difficulties moving to the cloud because of the business impact, meaning their customers aren't ready to move there yet. They have this fear, uncertainty, and doubt because they don't understand the cloud. So you got to come up with a program that um, if you have customers that are balking at having their data in the cloud, that just, just demonstrates to them that you are as secure, you're even more secure, yep. and that you are taking care of their data. So those would be the three big areas for me. Yep, yep. Okay, that's terrific. So I've got access management, config and change management, and then just really understanding the risks as they relate right. to customers, the impact to the business, not the risk of, oops, I just lost a database, but uh, what's going to happen to uh, my uh, 200 highly conservative customers that don't really use the internet as much, right? Or have a different perspective about this thing called the cloud. Yep, spot on. Yep. Terrific. Patrick, I really, really appreciate uh, you uh, joining me uh, today. Thank you so very, very much. It was wonderful to talk with you. Hopefully, uh, it was time well spent for you, and I'm looking forward to having you back. Oh, it's been my pleasure, and I'm happy to do it anytime, Grant. Thank you. Yep. Thanks so very much, everyone. Appreciate your time. Look forward to talking to you uh, again soon when we're talking cloud. <laughs>